This is Podco Media Networks. Welcome back to Citizen CEO. Today's guest is Jen Consalvo. Jen is co-founder and co-CEO of Established, a consultancy focused on helping organizations with their innovation, startup, and communication strategies. Previously, Jen co-founded, operated, and sold TechCo, a news, content, and events organization focused on connecting and educating entrepreneurs and amplifying startup communities everywhere. Jen is also a startup advisor and an investor. She's a founding member of NextGen Venture Partners. Welcome, Jen. Thanks so much for joining us on Citizen CEO today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Yeah, we've been looking forward to this conversation for a bit. So I wanted to start by talking to you a little bit about this amazing reputation that you've earned of being a startup guru. Can you talk to us a little bit about your background? Sure. That's such a funny word to use these days. (laughs) But I guess I have been involved in the industry for a long time. When I left, So when I graduated, like a lot of people, I wasn't totally sure what I wanted to do. And then sort of life led me in an interesting direction. And I immediately, I was applying for an internship at this new, I'm going to date myself here really badly, but it was this new multimedia company in Georgetown (laughs) in DC. And I was so excited. I applied for this internship and they called me and they interviewed me and they said, you know, we don't really have an internship for you, but how would you like a full-time job? And Yeah. And, you know, that's like the best case scenario when you're coming out of college during a recession and all of a sudden you get a full-time paying job with benefits. It was amazing. And that really led me down this path of technology, which I wasn't really expecting. I started off as an associate producer or production assistant, an associate producer doing CD-ROM development, which is hilarious to say now out loud, and then went from there to AOL. I was actually a developer for a couple of years and then started building products. And all of that led to this amazing opportunity within AOL to start working with startups. And that wasn't really ever said. I don't even think we knew the term startups at the time. It was just that we were looking for new companies, new technologies, and trying to see what's the latest and greatest out there. And being based in DC, I was actually fortunate to have a team out in Northern California in the Bay Area. So I was flying out there quite a bit, meeting with startups just kind of getting to know the whole ecosystem. And one thing led to another. And eventually, I just got super... I I think I was bit by the startup bug. And I was just thrilled and energized by that whole community. Yeah. And I was fortunate because I worked at a big company and got to sort of get my feet wet by spending a lot of time with startups, founders, investors, etc. And within a few years, my co-founder, Frank Gruber, now my husband as well, He had started this event series called Tech Cocktail in Chicago. And I was so excited thinking, wow, this could really be something. So we started working together on how his events that were all about startups could be something that really coalesced the community, not just in Chicago, but all over the country. And that's been a (laughs) decade-long history now. How did you find the inspiration or... What was it that led you to take the step from leaving the safety net of AOL and going out on your own with Frank to start TechCo? Let's see. So, uh, you know, a few things. First, I'm going to say that I was very fortunate in that I did have a safety net because I had worked for so long. I had savings and a lot of people don't and they want to do something like that. And it is scary. That said, 
I felt like I've got years of work under my belt. I'm going to go out and try this. I'm not going to be afraid to lose what I have because I know I can go get a job doing something else if I need to. You know, there'll always be jobs out there. I can do something. Even if I have to take a step backward, you know, because I take time off, that's a chance I'm willing to take. And I was also willing to lose what I had. So for me, the risk was greater by not doing it. Let me back up a second. When I started at AOL, I never thought I'd work there long. (laughs) I'd actually always wanted to start something. From the time I think I was in high school applying for colleges, I was thinking someday I'm going to have my own business. I didn't know what it was. You know, I had dreams of random things like, oh, I'll own an art gallery or I'll own a coffee shop. or I'll Just have something that I own and, and control and all that. So I never had this intention of working there long. And it's kind of funny looking back now because I was there for almost 13 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> it took me, yeah, it took me a long time to take the leap. But that opportunity does, number one, take some time off, which I just sorely needed by that point. I just needed a break and sort of re-spark my creativity and not just work on this one particular startup idea, this tech cocktail, what the company was called at the time, but also try other things. When I left AOL, Frank and I, I was helping him with tech cocktail concepts, but we also started two or three other concepts at the same time. It was a real period of creativity for me. And while we, we never got anything else off the ground, we really saw the opportunity with Tech Cocktail and, and drove that forward. That's really interesting. How did you decide which of the three concepts that you guys were working on was the one? What led you to the decision that, oh, Tech Cocktail, this is the direction that we're going to go in? Yeah, you know, it's funny because oftentimes when you're working on multiple projects, and let me say, it's easy to start. If you're a creative, it's really easy to start lots of projects. And at first, it feels like, oh, I can handle all this. (laughs) But it's much, much harder to grow and start to try to scale and grow businesses for more than one thing at a time. That's very hard. And I think we had this thing called Tech Cocktail that was starting to really blossom and pull us into the market. Literally, there were people all over the country reaching out and brands and different groups who want to work with us saying, hey, you know, we want you to bring this now to San Diego or Seattle or Boise or wherever. Meanwhile, we had these other product companies we were trying to create. We were actually trying to create apps and products. And one of them we just knew we had to kill because we kept pouring money into it and we hadn't even launched it. We just, the product just wasn't coming together. And we had applied for some grants. We thought that there were some opportunities for the technology behind it. We didn't get them. And so that kind of felt like, why keep pouring good money after bad? You just sometimes have to know when to pull the plug. The other one that we really loved, it was an app called Thankful For, and it was a gratitude journal online. And I loved that thing. It had like 15,000 users and it was growing and it was getting good press. But at the end of the day, you know, we had to make a decision. And I just, at the time, whether I just wasn't creative enough or, or just didn't have the right spark of an idea to grow it into an actual company, an actual business. It was a great feature. Maybe someday we'll bring it back to life. But it didn't, to me, have the legs that Tech Cocktail did. And when you're getting pulled into markets, and and we were really excited about it. You know, We were excited about the whole entrepreneurial community. We just felt that pull. And it felt very strong. Do you guys make the decision to move forward full force with Tech Cocktail, which eventually became Tech Co? Can you talk to us a little bit 
about the rebranding effort from Tech Cocktail to Techco and how that eventually led to the acquisition. Sure. Tech Cocktail, I'm going to speak a little bit for Frank, my co-founder, and he was the CEO of that company at the time. And I was COO. You know, when he started it, he actually had an original co-founder before me, Eric Olson. And he and Eric had started as this, you know, they were young, they were out of college, they were in the tech world, and they saw things happening that the mainstream just wasn't seeing, that big companies weren't seeing. There was this whole burgeoning startup world. I think they wanted to bring some connectivity between startup world and established businesses, but make it fun. And so that's how Tech Cocktail emerged. And people love that brand. I still love that brand. But at a certain point, like every business, you start to, as you find your business, you find your product market fit, you grow in different ways and you start to realize, wow, for the audience that we're serving, a rebrand, it just felt like the natural next step. Tech Cocktail was a fun event. We were trying to become a media company and we wanted to be taken seriously. We were producing a ton of content. We had a staff of writers that we were building out. We had a platform. We were working with established brands like Microsoft and Google and Sprint and you know many, many others. So it just felt like the next step in maturity for us. And so we rebranded as Techco Media. We also had a great partnership with the domain.co. And so there was also a, a natural fit there because we were tech. We became tech.co. And we did, I should mention, we worked with a really great small agency at the time out in Las Vegas. And they worked with us. And we really worked on the identity and how we would bring that to life. And everything just came together in a great way. And so we launched Techco Media. And we ran that for, for a few years. Actually, when we built that company, we were really focused on remaining a bootstrapped entity. And it wasn't until we became Techco Media, growing that side of the business. And as many of your listeners probably know, media is a tough business. At a certain point, oftentimes you're faced with, do we really want to have sort of a very slow growth to build this out? Or do we want to step on the gas a little bit? We wanted to step on the gas. We saw an opportunity. We wanted to grow. So we decided to take a little bit of funding. So we took a seed round and just tried to step on the gas, grow it as much as we could. And then anytime you take funding, you're sort of on a treadmill. You start to bump up against that wall and you think, okay, every sort of point that you hit, you have to stop and think, do we want to continue to grow? Do we just want to stay where we are? Now we owe our shareholders. We need to think about them as important stakeholders as well. And so you always think about, do you continue to grow by getting more funding? Do you look at acquisition or do you look at sort of bringing it all back a little bit? And so we did. We started looking at all those opportunities and had lots of great conversations with some strategics about acquisition. And then it was quite out of the blue. An organization reached out to us. And a lot of people say this, when you're ready, oftentimes someone will find you. And we had an opportunity where all of a sudden someone from the UK reached out as a random email. Frank didn't even see it. <laughs> he never saw the email in his box. Thankfully, the gentleman who reached out also emailed me as well separately. And that started a conversation. We met up in Austin, Texas during South By a couple of years ago, hit it off, continued to have conversations. They were a London-based company. So we flew out to London, met their team, and everything just really fell in place for an acquisition. Wow. Okay. Any listeners that we have out there that might be thinking about an acquisition, what would you say your biggest lessons learned or takeaway was from that experience? There's a lot of them. I think 
like I said, before we even spoke to them, we had a lot of other conversations. And I think you have to really, you know, the second that you start to have these thoughts, you need to do your homework. We talked to a lot of people. We brought in advisors. We were ready for whatever path we needed to go down. And we were pitching for that next round of funding. We were talking with strategics. We were looking at go, no-go decisions on, you know, at what point do we need to sort of call it if someone is talking to us about acquisition and it's delaying us too much or taking us away from the business, which is a very real risk that people need to understand. When I was talking about that due diligence period, we did have to have some hard conversations with our acquirer saying, you know, hey guys, we understand that this is a a big acquisition, but if we hit a certain point, we need to just step back and focus on our company because we don't have the same resources that you do. So you have to really think that through. Bring in good advisors. It's super important. It's very easy for a young company to put off having clean books and having clean records. And it will come back to haunt you. Not every company will do the same level of due diligence. But for us, we literally had to go back through years and years of records of every single invoice, every single payment. They literally dissect everything we did. I actually had to give them access to our QuickBooks so that they could just go in directly and see everything. They wanted to see it all. (laughs) And so I highly recommend it is so much easier to do it right from the beginning than have to clean it up later. No matter where you are, it's better to start now. And I had fortunately, we had some years of pretty rough bookkeeping. And fortunately, a couple years before the acquisition, We brought on a bookkeeper who just completely helped me go back in time, clean everything up and just have really clean books. And that helped me tremendously. I can't imagine what that due diligence process would have been like if I hadn't done that. It was great chatting with Jen about TechCo today, building the brand and all the lessons learned from the acquisition. Join us next week for part two, where I continue the conversation with Jen about established and discuss the state of innovation in the government. 